As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Socker. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Goldman. We're having 20-minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at buildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and download a free chapter. Today we talked with Gordon Wintraub, co-founder of StackLead. He talks all about their unique approach to onboarding and activation. He walks us through their flow and shares the effectiveness of different techniques. He also shares some of the learnings that came out of Y Combinator. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com rocketship to get 20% off three months. We'd also like to thank InVision App. 
Envision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. Go to Envision app forward slash rocket ship to get the starter plan free for 90 days. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to customer.io slash rocket ship to start sending emails that convert. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. We're here with Gordon Wintrop, the co-founder of Stackly. Gordon, welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So give us the quick pitch for Stackly. Sure. Um, so what Stackly does is we automatically research sales leads. So if you pretty much sell anything online, whether it's a SaaS business, a consulting agency, or you just run a blog and you're collecting a bunch of email subscribers, uh, you deal a lot with email addresses. And so what we do is, given those emails, we crawl the web and tell you everything you want to know about who those people are, where they work, and are they a good fit for your product. Very cool. Um, you guys have an amazing onboarding experience. Um, Matt, if you want to kind of tell us, you were, you were just amazed. You sent it over to me after, after seeing what they do. Um, Matt, give us a quick kind of overview of what happens, and then we can go into to some of the details. Sure. It sounds like you guys have a couple different variations on it, but the one that I went through, uh, it looked like I wasn't able to sign up from the homepage. So I put in my information to, to get more info about it. And a minute or two later, I got an email with my profile as if I was signing up for my list. So it said, this is Matt Goldman. He works at Small HQ. Uh, he's been there for this long. These are his, his different social accounts, et cetera. Um, and it was super delightful to see not only a hit through the service of you know what it would be like using it, but to see it with my own information that was all accurate. So, um, and from there, I was able to sign up for the trial and, and start using the product, see the documentation, get going. Um, I know that's one variation. Do you guys have anything else that you're using? Yeah. Um, so I guess you know there's kind of two there's two pieces um, on our homepage. The first that a lot of people see is, you know, front and center, there's a learn more form that basically encourages you to put in your email address and try out Stackly to basically see a sample of the results. Um, and then we also have, you know, a more typical uh, create an account flow uh, where basically that puts you into a, a drip email campaign to sort of drive you to conversion. Um, and so I guess the way when we think about sort of our entire analytics funnel, um, it's pretty much starts with, you know, there's a visitor to a web, the website. Um, then at some point you create an account. Uh, at some point you then research a lead. Uh, and then eventually you hopefully upgrade your account um, and, you know, become a paying customer. And so for us, uh, I think the one that you were seeing was that learn more form that, that gives you a sample, uh, sample report on your email. And what are the results like between that and the other the other flow? Well, let's actually back up for a second. Can you um, walk us through the flow and um, what services you use? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's. I think one of the important things is that we use other SaaS tools, including CookFeed, um, that are that are really helpful for kind of analyzing this and understanding it. Um, so, kind of. Forgetting about the learn more form for a second and just thinking about the more standard flow when you create an account, um, what we use is actually Customer.io. Uh, and so basically, um, there's initially kind of an automated email that's pretty personalized and casual, and it just says, uh, you know, do you need any help getting started? Um, obviously, this is someone who's already um, 
expressed some amount of interest in Stack Lead, has been willing to put in their email address and password. Uh, and it just encourages them to you know, respond to me if they have a question. Uh, it also includes my, my cell phone if they want to pick up the phone. Um, so that's the first one. And then basically, if they don't go to that next step, which is researching uh, an email, uh, they get a follow-up about a week later. Uh, they basically ask, you know, are, are you still having issues um, you know, getting integrated? Are you maybe confused on the, on the best way uh, for your particular company? Um, and so those are kind of the two touch points we have in customer I.O. And what are the responses like to those? Yeah. Um, so for the first one, uh, I, I guess across the you know entire entire funnel from visiting the website to uh, or creating an account to actually researching a lead, uh, it's about forty percent. Um, you know, we see if you kind of break it down to what's the actual impact of those emails, uh, the first one gets us about thirty five percent conversion. And then the second one adds about 5% more. Um, so it's basically, you know, I think at that point, if you haven't taken the time to actually, you know, try out StackLead and actually use the service, um, it's sort of a quick way to re-engage you. And maybe there's someone who just, oh, they forgot what they were doing or, you know, they were busy that day and sort of gets them back into the flow. So have you played around with that first email, doing it manual or automatic and, you know, seeing if there's a, an impact there? I know that... I think Colin from Customer.io wrote a bit about their welcome emails and how they've tried doing automatic ones that just welcome people to the product and manual ones where they take a sec and look up the customer's website and try to try to say something more personal to where it looks like a, a real email um, handwritten to them. Have you tried that at all? Yeah, I guess we haven't done too much experimentation with it. Uh, the biggest thing is just the change from before we had it to once we had it implemented. Because beforehand, it was, uh, it was basically more manual and just a lot less consistent. Um, and we saw, we saw essentially a 25% increase after turning on that, that automated email. Um, even though it doesn't really include much personalization, just like having that sort of um, you know, immediate uh, follow-up is pretty, is pretty key to getting people engaged. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att. Com. That's business.att.com. Interesting. And for the, for the learn more, how do you fall back when maybe you don't find information on that specific email address of the person that signed up for more information? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So I actually just pulled the, the numbers for that. So basically with the learn more form, um, what we try to do is we try to produce a research report that includes a bunch of info on um, you know, your particular email address. And so sometimes we might not be able to find all of the social media, media profiles and company information. And um, one of the changes we made is we basically had a fallback so that instead of saying, here's a sample report, um, it's more educational about, you know, here's some information about Stack Lead and how easy it is to get started. And what I found from making that switch was that we, we increased conversion um, from actually 
from you know filling out that learn more form to creating a, an account before it was 15% and after adding the fallback it was 25%. Um, so that's about you know a two-thirds increase um, from having that that fallback email. And then having a developer product like this or a product that requires developer setup once people I mean people setting up an account is really step one. From there what sort of things have you guys done to get people to actually integrate with your API? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, what we've really focused on is building integrations that let you use Stack Lead where it's um, most useful for your workflow. Um, so one of our, our best channels has been uh, our add-on in the Google add-on store. Um, basically what that means is that it requires no developer work to use the API. Instead, you just create a new Google spreadsheet with a, a list of emails, which you know, a sales rep might have in a folder somewhere, or you can export from MailChimp or a bunch of other sources. Um, paste it into a Google spreadsheet and hit one button, um, and that will pull in all of our, all of our research information. Um, and so it's basically adding those sorts of integrations that make it so that you really don't need any custom, custom dev work to get, get started with Stackly. So what are people doing with this data? Um, once they get it and, and you're enriching their customer profiles, how are they successful afterwards? Yeah. Um, so when we think about our customers, uh, it really falls into kind of three different categories. Uh, the first group are basically younger companies that are really trying to understand their ideal customer profiles. Um, so that's, say, you've, you've just launched your product um, you know, you're just kind of talking to your initial set of customers and trying to figure out who's actually signing up. And so for them, uh, it's basically saving them some amount of manual time. Uh, instead of each sign up as it comes in, uh, we're automatically going out and pulling that information together. And also it's flagging you know, potentially really high value signups, whether that's mm -hmm. uh, a notable blogger, a journalist, uh, maybe a, com a competitor who's just kicking the tires on your product. It's basically flagging those things for you. Um, the second group are companies that are running uh, an outbound campaign. So let's say that you, um, you know, are about to do a new product launch or a new integration, um, and you, you want to announce to all of your customers uh, that, hey, we, we have this, but you want to target the, the most relevant group. Um, so you can then use Stackly to say, oh, we have this new Marketo integration. Which of our customers are using Marketo? Um, and just target them. And then I think the last piece, uh, sorry if I'm going too long on this, but... No, no. Yeah, the last piece uh, are basically larger sales teams. So sales teams that have 20-plus uh, sales reps and that are using Salesforce, um, they need some more scalable way to qualify and assign their leads. And so using our Salesforce integration, um, which is really our most popular channel, uh, they're able to do that automatically without spending their sales reps' time on looking up each each lead and making sure it gets into the right ref's hands. So a lot of these integrations uh, are unconventional in the sense that you didn't just come out with an API or an email hook. A lot of these are more non-developer-y. Um, how did you discover the right ways? Like how did you, did you, did you know before you got started that Salesforce was going to be this popular source or did you discover that after working with customers? Uh, it was definitely from, from working with customers. Uh, to talk a little bit more about how we got started, 
uh, we went through Y Combinator, the, uh, the winter 14 batch, so at the beginning of this year. And uh, basically, at our first meeting with, with Paul Graham, he said, you guys need to be lead consultants for everyone in the batch. You need to just like talk to them about how are they getting leads, uh, have them forward you every one of their leads, and research it on their behalf. Um, and so really, we spent a couple, you know, a, a while there at the beginning with just about 20 or 30 other companies who were just forwarding us sign-up emails or email lists, and we were trying to come up with different ways to make them happy. Um, and I think it was only from that process did we sort of get the whole system up and running uh, and then start with those, those email reports. And then from there, I think these you know, other, other customer profiles sort of emerge, right? Because people see what you're doing and they say, oh, I really wish there was some way to use this in Salesforce or use this in my CRM. Um, and that's how those other integrations came about. Yeah, it's such a funky space where everyone probably has their own way of doing it. Probably a lot of strange ways that people are using Excel or different CRMs. It's cool that you can either integrate directly with those or do an export and get the same value. Yeah, that's definitely right. An- another way that we sort of make it easy for, you know, let's say someone's not doesn't fit nice into one of the integrations we have. Um, we also integrate into Zapier, um, which basically lets you, for a whole bunch of other CRMs and products, uh, pretty, pretty much through a nice, simple web UI, um, turn on stack lead research. Interesting. So when you do these integrations, how are you measuring how successful they are? Or are you doing any testing before so that you know that building a Google spreadsheet um, extension is is definitely going to move the needle for us. Yeah, the uh, I'll be honest with the Google spreadsheet, it was sort of it was sort of a hack project um, for us internally. You know, we found that a lot of people were sending us big CSV spreadsheets um, where they said, "Hey, I I'm not really able to evaluate this easily with 10 emails manually. I need I need a longer list." Um, and so we said, okay, Google just launched this new spreadsheet add-on store. Uh, how can we build a direct integration there? Um, and so that's how that channel came. Uh, with Salesforce, it was definitely like you described. It was much more about uh, finding some initial customers, sort of pre-selling them on exactly the value we'd be delivering um, and how the integration would look, um, and then basically you know, building with them, with them in mind. What were some of the other benefits that you got out of going through Y Combinator? Um, there were a lot of a lot of different benefits. Uh, for me, the biggest thing I think was the sort of network of other founders that you're working with. Um, so when we were going going through Y Combinator, you know, just that initial founding team of a few people, and to see sixty or eighty other companies that are sort of in different stages. You know, it might be just one person who just has an idea. Um, it might be a company that has 10 or 20 people and is looking to raise their Series A. Um, but they all sort of have that focus during those three months. And you can really learn from uh, just the founders around you, which is great. So we've heard a bit about, uh, we actually thought about going through Techstars for a while earlier this year. And a lot of what we heard was that during that time, the main focus isn't necessarily on product, but on talking to investors and really figuring out what direction you want to go in without actually building the product. Is that similar for Y Combinator? Or are people coming in with an idea or a product and focusing on getting leads and customers? Um, 
Yeah, the sort of the the mantra from the very beginning is that you you need to be focused on really only two things. Uh, one is building the product, and two is talking to customers. There's no no emphasis on on fundraising or or networking or anything like that. It's really just the idea that you should be building and launching as quickly as possible and and iterating with customers. Um, it's really only in the last honestly, maybe five days leading up to demo day, um, which is when you present to a, a big room full of investors, um, that's when you start shifting into how do I kind of condense all the work we've done into a cohesive pitch that I can give in front of that room. So did you find that most of the companies in your batch had something where they were they were basically conducting sales for, finding those first customers? Or was are most of the companies still you know, building out product and trying to do self-service? Um, I guess, do you mean that is the product com- complete and full function going into Y Combinator, or could, could you sort of rephrase that? Yeah, more so are, are people kind of focusing on product and waiting for customers to find it, or are people trying to do whatever they can, whether it's through sales of the product or maybe a productized service, you know, doing some manual work around the product? Is the focus really on, on revenue during that time, or is it focused on building up a product? Uh, got it. I think it's it really varies, you know, company to company. Um, I think there's definitely an emphasis on shipping something and and getting just being able to show growth. And growth could mean the number of users I have using my product, the number of uh, you know some some sort of engagement mat- metric that you're tracking. But I think revenue um, is really is really the best one at the end of the day because it shows that you know, I've really made something that people want and that they they value. So when you finished the batch, um, how did you continue to get this kind of value out of it? Are you connected with mentors through that? Or are there, there ongoing sessions where you continue to learn from these people? Yeah. Uh, uh, there are a few different ways. I mean, one simple one is that there's a, a big mailing list. And you know, I know it sounds, it sounds corny, but uh, you'd be amazed at pretty much any question you have uh, has like already been sent out to this mailing list. And so you can uh, sort of go through and have just this knowledge base um, from all the other founders who've had a similar experience. Uh, I think the other point is that you can always set up office hours. Uh, so if you have a particular, if you have a particular question or need, uh, you want an introduction to someone, um, you can basically go and schedule you know, a 20 minute meeting with any of the partners that's most relevant. Very cool. So what is coming up next for Stackly? Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing for us right now is, like I said, Salesforce. Um, we ha- right now we sort of have a initial version of our, our integration and we're really gunning to get that in the official Salesforce app exchange um, versus having it just distributed through our website. And a big piece of that is that we know that companies are using the, the Stack Lead uh, Salesforce connector along with other products that help them um, in terms of assigning, basically qualifying and assigning their leads. And taking the integration further so that a lot of that configuration uh, is automatic, um, I think will be a, a big improvement. And so like, to give you a concrete example, um, one of the things that's included in the integration is telling you the region of all of your all of your leads. So they're in the U.S., giving you a, a city, state, and country. Um, and 
you can use that to use some kind of round robin assignment or other assignment rules to make sure that the, the right sales reps are getting the right, uh, the right leads. And that really should be something that sort of you know, works out of the box uh, with, with our integration. Very cool. So where do we keep up with you and the Stack Lead developments online? Uh, so everything is available at stacklead.com. Um, I'd be happy to sort of set up uh, for your, your members and listeners uh, some kind of special to make it really yeah. easy to get started with, get started with Stack Lead and, uh, and try us out. Yeah, we could uh, link to that in the show notes. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a great day. 